clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Hello and welcome to Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit. We are here for episode five. Is it five? 5.5? There's a missing episode somewhere. There's a mystery episode. Yeah, it's five. So I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Laura Rademacher, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified sex therapist. And you are listening to Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit, sponsored by the University of Pleasure. And we have a guest today, and I'm so excited. One of the best guests. She's the guest. I'm so excited. excited. We're really jazzed. I'm so excited to see you. I'm so excited to see you both. Do we, we had want... a group hug. Can we, we just say that? We had a real group hug. Yeah, because this guest is like one of our favorite people in the world. Absolutely. Do we want to let her introduce herself or do we introduce it? I think we should just keep talking about her until like the commercial break and just let people guess. Um, no. Well, our, should I? I'll do it. Do it. Okay. This wonderful guest of ours is, is Dr. Katie Spencer, and she is like one of the best therapists I know and also a specialist in sexual health and gender. And um, what more do you want to say about yourself, Katie? So you just want to be silent? <laughs> This is going to be the best. Even more <laughs> mysterious. I'm just like, what else will you like spontaneously come up with? I don't know. Yeah. She likes uh, uh, water sports. And- <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the right She's podcast. Well <laughs> I meant like skiing and like, you know, this isn't the right podcast maybe to yeah. toss mm-hmm. that out in. I also feel like before. <laughs> I feel like before. From either, from any yeah, angle. Yeah. <laughs> Before I knew you, Katie, I feel like I became familiar with your work and it was a lot about pleasure. And I was so excited about that. I was like, we'd get it. We'd understand each other. And then I got to meet you and we did. And it was awesome. You could so, have a book on pleasure. Right. But you you developed a whole thing about pleasure. I'm not, this is why I don't do the intros because I'm not good at this. <laughs> it's a curriculum. Would that be the right? A model. Model. Thank what is you. Your, a a model. conceptual model. Remind yes. us the name of your conceptual model. Well, there's the gender affirmative lifespan approach. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And then there's five core components of the gender affirmative lifespan approach. And one of them is a pleasure oriented positive sexuality. And that's the, yeah, that's the component that I'm most passionate about. I mean, I'm passionate about all of them. They're all great. Yeah. And, you know, we might have you have to have you on the other podcast at some point to talk in depth scholastically about that. However, this is Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit. Oh, yeah. So we, we, chill, try to we just talk. We, That's right. I don't have we, to do my academic. Yeah, you don't have to do We try to be, like, real chill and, like, Great. really, you know, we shoot the shit. That's the yep. whole point. Yep. That's right. So what do we want to talk about today? Well, I brought... A surprise for everybody. Uh, you have been I talking about this. Presents. I guess we just have to do it. I know. I really, I talked it up off the air so much that now it might be I'm a little bit of a letdown. It, no, it's okay. If you don't want it, you can give it to somebody else. But here's your presents. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is an interesting... I have so many questions. Yeah. So for the, for the <laughs> listener, since we're... For the listener... Uh, we are, you can hear them shake, we are looking at um, some bottles of um, fiber capsules, 160 fiber capsules to be. Welcome to more fiber in your life. You probably didn't know you needed this, <laughs> but I will take one for the team by accidentally getting diverticulitis. Oh, and, yeah, you told uh, me that. I know, I know. And we don't have to dwell on that. But I thought I was eating enough fiber and like I eat vegetables and I, you know, I feel like I eat pretty healthy and all that. Um, I clearly was not getting enough fiber because I started taking fiber supplements, which is what they tell you to do after diverticulitis, which is an intestine thing. Painful. Do not recommend. Um, And it's magic. 
Fiber's magic, and um, <laughs> Wait, I'm going to be the, the grandma magic. that tells you to take your... Well, what's the magic? Yeah, what have you noticed in the difference? I'm very available for this conversation. Yeah. Is okay. this under the well, rubric of sex therapist shoot the shit? Part of the I mean, reason I mean, I mean, I <laughs> Well, part of the reason this I brought it in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, poop is involved in sex sometimes, or people don't want poop to be involved in sex sometimes, right? So, like, let's talk about fiber. (laughs) Let's talk about fiber. I'd love to talk about anal sex if that's where we're going to go. That's that's what I kind of thought. That was your hope. That's always where we can go. I mean, we can compare Metamucil flavors, or we can talk about anal sex. Well, what have you, like, just help me understand, like, also, thank you for this yeah, caring thank you. gift. You're yeah, welcome thank you. for our digestive. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Take what, them and think of me. Or yeah. don't. <laughs> Whatever. What have you noticed since beginning your fiber journey? Yeah, yeah. That's Makes everything a lot more regular. The doctors that I saw kept talking about, well, if you've been straining. And I was like, I haven't been straining. What? But now... Having had fiber, I was like, maybe I was straining. <laughs> I didn't have a good barometer for that, like bowel movement wise, right? What if you tend towards like the looser side of the spectrum? I would no, I would not give you medical advice, but I would <laughs> give you a gift of fiber pills and say, see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And okay. maybe you do it on a day you have some time at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. You want to work your way up, right? So like you want to read the back of the bottle and see how many fiber pills they want you to take and start out small for a little bit and then like take more if you decide it's working for you and you like it um but yeah and to be honest it's helped me and again not wandering into the realm of medical advice i'm just talking about my personal experience Mm -hmm. i think it has evened out my blood sugar like i used to have like a lot of ups and downs during Mm -hmm. the day that i was trying to figure out and i wasn't even like eating much sugar to try to figure it out Mm. the minute i started taking fiber that got a lot better for me so So fiber if we were titling this episode it would be like fibrous magic (gasps) fibrous magic absolutely i want like a magic wand and to go with like a rainbow and i could say fibrous magic i mean i feel like actually as we're talking about this and like there is like I feel like I have had so many couples over the years in which, you know, when you do like bridges and barriers to sex, right? Like what are the things that like stomach and tummy problems are like for some people, like GI issues are huge reasons that people people, for a lot of people are like a (laughs) huge reason that some people don't, especially like penetrative, whether anal or like any type of stomach hurts or you're constipated or bloated, you're like. Yeah. You don't want anything going in anywhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and interestingly, just because, you know, uh, all therapists, right? Like GI issues, common side effect, uh, too, of of a lot of mental health meds. So this would be a really interesting thing for people to consult their doctors about, right? If you're listening to this and you're going, "Mm, I fall into that category, maybe ask your doctor and see (laughs) if that would be a good thing for you because it possibly, it's been a great thing for me. (laughs) I like I like your the fiber. I mean, I don't really feel like there's a like big fiber, like the big fiber <laughs> industry, you know. Probably not, but there are some things that maybe have um weird stuff in them too. Like I was careful. Yours have um one ingredient in it that seems weird, but it's mostly just psyllium husk. And then I, have I a, think there was like a caramel dye or something. I have, oh, there, which is large, I have a large jar of loose psyllium husk. In yeah. My, you can buy it at like the. I do too. At wow. the like co-op or yeah. wherever, you know. Oh. Yeah. What do you do with it? You just put it in water. Yeah, it's gross. And then just drink it drink instead it. of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this That's, seems a better. Except you have capsule. to take the capsules you kind of have to take a lot of. But like, yeah, yeah I, I tried putting just plain psyllium water because I didn't want aspartame necessarily which is in some of the mixes and it's okay but it's not it's it's an odd texture maybe i just need to get used to it (laughs) i don't know anyway back to anal sex right (laughs) (laughs) well the other what i was gonna say like consulting your doctor because i do think i guess maybe i get a little wary of doctors medical professionals over prescribing for different digestive things and Ah. I think as like a fat person like also being like pathologized for certain things Mm -hmm. so I guess I would say that again too just that uh finding your uh health at every size like medical professional who's not going to like 
you know, mm-hmm. we put you on metformin when you don't need to be on metformin or like what you're yeah. saying about your blood sugar. Yeah. You know, like I think sometimes there's like certain experiences that we have that people attribute to like weight and body size that are actually about other issues. And yep. then you can end up on like a lot mm-hmm. of different medications. So anyway, I just when right. you said, I was like, oh, I feel like. Going to the doctor, I'm always like, I, I'm just wary of being over-prescribed things when you ask for certain things. Yeah. Well, and I feel like fiber is one of those, like, it's like, that seems reasonable. Right. Kinda. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like when you, right. there, there are certain, like, I'm like, go, yeah, I'm like, okay, psyllium husk, like, you know, figure yeah. out, like, what's a low dose of psyllium husk. Yep. I'm going to microdose psyllium. There are going to be people out there that don't want to do fiber or or I should say um, shouldn't do fiber, right? Like, so when I had diverticulitis, one of the parts of it was, um, it was like clear liquid diet for a little bit. And then I had, I think a week of what they called soft foods. And they were like, you actually want to be low fiber for a while and then gradually move into a wow. higher fiber diet. So this is part of where I'm saying like, you probably know yourself enough to know do you have something else going on that you should talk to your doctor yeah, about? Consult you a know, medical professional. And go slow. And if anything yeah. doesn't work for you, obviously, then stop, right? Um, but one of the things fiber does is it kind of like binds everything together in, di- in your digestive tract. And more comes out all in one piece of poop. <laughs> Ooh, I'm the just going to say well, it, someone right? who telling me that you're like you should have one daily poop that's like the size of your like elbow to your wrist i mean and i asked my friend (laughs) tara's making a great face of concern i was like really in my head going if we grabbed put a hundred people in the room and be like does this happen i would be really fascinated with those we all have like kind of messed up diets especially in the yeah. US. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah yeah well yeah. i think i think it's maybe an unreasonable aspiration in my short like polling of people mm-hmm. i know no one's having that experience <laughs> but the other thing about anal sex though is i think right if you're trying to prep for anal sex or if you're trying to be like thoughtful about mm-hmm. and you know i think I feel like people who also are new to anal sex, like, are kind of nervous about how cleaned out or, like, what part of, like, what they're doing exactly or, yeah. Yes. So I I do think being regular can help with that and also having some good information about, like, good practices for exploring anal sex and chilling out about what happens in your butt. Yeah. Yeah. Talk more about that, would you? How do you chill out about Chill out about, about what happens in your, your butt? butt? Yeah, like that. Yeah, please. <laughs> chill out about what happens in your butt. Like, I think that needs expansion. Yeah. Well, don't you think as sex therapists, I do think, like, you know, I feel like it's a common concern that clients will come in, like, and it might not just be about poop, but it could be just about, like, lubrication or, like, fear about, like, odor or, like, mm-hmm. fear about, like, body fluids or even, like, like kissing and saliva oh, like yeah. yeah people you can just have a lot of feelings about like all the different things that happen in your body so I guess saying like chill out about poop I mean, but it's a similar process about accepting that there is fluid exchange during sex and that mm-hmm. that's normal and sort of thinking about you know accepting that like you might pee if you're trying to ejaculate mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you might have a little poop on something and that's okay and like also, think about hygienic practices when you're doing that. So it's not just like, get comfortable and just like stick something in your butt and then stick it in another <laughs> hole and whoop a boop. It's like, you know, like maybe you want to, if you're using something for penetrating the anus, like use a condom or a barrier method or something, then take that off it before you put it in something else. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, it's easy, to, I think, maybe to... Just embrace the anatomy, educate yourself a little bit, and use those and apply them. Develop some, like, common butt sense. Yeah, common (laughs) butt sense. Where you... I really... Ass. Yeah. We'll we'll work on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Common sense. Yeah. I like that. I, you know, like, when I... Like, that idea of, like... um, like fluids and all of that. Like, I don't know how often the two of you, like, I feel like it's such a common, like, not just with anal. I think anal sort of like the apex, like poop right, is right. like mm-hmm. the apex. Mm-hmm. But just that's as when you have like, like, of, like people's fears and anxiety. Yes. Like, like, that when that's like yeah. every, that's like most common. 
Yeah, poop yeah. is like the apex of like, uh, basically what I'd say is like fear of like bodily fluid or like disgust cues interrupting right. or like oh. inter- yeah. like, right, mm-hmm. like interrupting like pleasure and play and fun. Mm-hmm. But like I've had also lots of people with like sweat and semen and like sure. everything. Yeah. Oh yeah, everything. see I didn't even, yeah. Yeah. But you know, also, didn't you? Haven't you all read like that? Um, like the research they've done just that your like arousal like supersedes. Yeah, yeah, your yes. disgust cues go down when your arousal's higher. But also think about that as like that's different for everybody. Right. You know, so maybe your arousal, especially also if you're struggling with arousal, then you're not getting over some of those disgust cues, and that can like. Oh, just be another barrier. Right? You know, one of the, like, there's uh, an intervention sometimes I might do around that if somebody just takes a little longer to get aroused, I might have them actually masturbate a little on their own before I tell engaging. people that yeah. all the time. Masturbate a little on your own before you connect Such with a partner. A and trick. it is really interesting how it, like, helps sometimes with, like, disgust yeah. cues and being really distracted by, right. like, yeah. like, I've had par- people that have been, like, really distracted by, like, their partner sweating a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, you spend a little time on your own and then, like, kind of time it thoughtfully. I mean, you got to be yeah. More planful, but you time it thoughtfully, and then it's amazing how many people come in and go, hey, I wasn't as bothered by it. And I was like, Yeah, because you know, the more you're more you are, turned on, yeah, yeah. like yeah. you just care less. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge thing for people that I work with, and even um, just changing the emotional tenor with which things are instigated, initiated is probably a better word. I don't know, <laughs> Insti- you could instigate something, the instigation. But it- <laughs> somebody's already kind of turned on they often comes to it with like a hey come to the room that i've been Mm -hmm. masturbating in you know instead of like a oh okay we agreed to try this you know which is really (laughs) no no that's really real well i was thinking the sweat thing actually is so real i was actually just texting with a friend who was talking about how hot in New York City, it's like very, very hot right now. Mm -hmm. Like they're having a heat wave. And so just feeling like really, really sweaty and also like kind of, yeah, but like if you're turned off by someone, like what do you do to like kind of, yeah, it can be such a barrier. Well, I think part of it is that arousal piece, but like that the arousal piece, like, I mean, we all know this as sex therapists and talk about it all the time, but like that, that mental piece to your point, Laura, around like also people like, Trying to find their way into like a, a headspace of like, can I give myself permission to enjoy this rather than see it as like work, like some type of prep work that yeah. I have to do or I have to like when I, you all, like I'm sure you all talk about this all the time. But whenever people are starting to like trying to force an experience like it's hot, but I should still be really wanting to have sex or do you know what I mean? Like right. they mm-hmm. they just tend to like whatever you whenever forced fun is rarely a, a <laughs> Right, like yeah, but that, that's right. A, right because people don't think of it as forced fun. I think, especially for a lot of people who are socialized as women, it's like, oh, I have to, I have to show up in this way. It's like the spectatoring piece, mm-hmm. like you're expecting yourself or sort of objectifying yourself, and so like maybe you're having a reaction to your partner, but you're also worried about like your own sweating, or you're like, oh, I don't really want to be doing. It's like mm-hmm. so much of that. None of that is allowing you to experience your arousal mm-hmm. or your be in your pleasure. Like it's actually this is one of the things I talk about in my not to like bring nope, up my bring model. It. Bring you up the model. Bring up the model. <laughs> yep. No, I'll put my glasses back. On. <laughs> I um, wish you all could see these glasses. They are, they are stunning. They are instigating. Those glasses are starting. Instigate something. Yeah. Yes. I feel. I feel open to it. <laughs> right now, I think um, just for the for the the listener, um, uh, Dr. Katie Spencer here is. Full sex therapist right now. I would say I do look like in that. a pair of if I was wearing a pencil skirt, yeah, that would be a, t- a t- yes. pair of tortoise shell glasses, which are highly stylish. Some really rocking uh, gold jewelry, and then creme de la creme, a uh, a leopard print blouse. Is this leopard print? I think it's tortoise shell. Is it tortoise shell? Because, I feel okay, like I have like tortoise shell, not like the like tortoise shell earrings, and they don't really go with this. I actually think a leopard print would go with the shirt better. I think, I think it's, it's a riff on animals. Yeah, in general, you read it reads. I'm wearing a print. zoo shirt. It, it, it like <laughs> no, it's great. It's like super stylish. Reads as animal print, but yeah, when you look at it, you're like, wait a second, does that exist in nature? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think sure. it's more. It seems more. Oh, okay. Anyway, if I were if I were given three guesses around. Around your career, <laughs> sex therapist today would be one of them. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, I, what's yeah. the next one? Ooh, gosh. I would be like librarian. I hope to meet. Yeah, yeah. Sexy librarian. Yeah. Sexy librarian. Hope to meet. I 
could also like really see yeah. like you like own your own company. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Like some type of like boutique brand. Of mm-hmm. What I don't know. Maybe sex toys. But that's still the same industry. Oh my god, what sex toy would we all specialize in? That is my next question. But I was going to talk about embodiment. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna put a pin in what sex toy would we all specialize in. We're gonna have to get back to this. Yeah, but let's talk about embodiment. Yeah, right. Well, I think I mean one of the things in the model that I talk about, and this comes I think also from um, primarily working in the queer and trans like sexual health world is that like embodiment I think some of the ways that it's talk about in like wellness culture is like or even like TikTok Instagram mm-hmm. is just that you should if you just like close your eyes and meditate you'll be like embodied <laughs> <laughs> you know or it's almost like there's like a little bit I don't know or like kind of like a shaming piece if you aren't embodied and so I think it can be like another stressor mm-hmm. for people as far as like okay well I should like breathe and then I'll be in my body and then I'll like get turned on, you know, which I think is anxiety provoking. Mm -hmm. So I think to have like a, one of the things I talk about in the model is having like a realistic and like compassionate approach to like, what does embodiment feel like for you? And that it isn't like a linear, like zero to a hundred, like you're either 0% embodied or a hundred percent embodied. But like, you know, for you, I mean, if you're dealing with like dysphoria, like genital dysphoria, like that, you, the embodiment might not be like sort of where you're at, but yeah. like kind of managing that so that you're in a space where you can feel arousal and feel turned on and also be, you know, navigate that. Or like if you're, you know, doing some of the spectatoring or whatever, like how can you sort of focus on maybe what it feels like in your genitals or like imagining sort of yourself feeling or ex- experiencing pleasure, but not like, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of like, I have to perfectly mindfully be embodied and then I will get to this thing. I think just disrupting that narrative is really important. I think that's so true. And I think we tend to put so much pressure on ourselves with this kind of stuff. And, you know, one thing that's not going to help is if you're sitting there going, am I fully embodied? Did I do it? (laughs) Have I achieved the, you know, if you could just be like, hey, how am I feeling right now? You know, okay. I mean, those, and I think it's like a lot of crossover, like, and maybe the two of you have heard different things, but I feel like those are a lot of the critiques that I've heard around and also like probably have similar critiques of like the idea of like sex positivity and sex Mm. um, like sexual empowerment like Mm -hmm. that we've created of maybe a very like singular note of what that means like Mm -hmm. it means like feeling good (laughs) like it always means like this positive sort of like sex positivity like I I I have clients similar to this idea of embodiment Mm -hmm. you know we have clients come in and then they're like well I don't feel really good about it so what does that mean and it's like well do you feel okay about it and do you do you know what I mean and it's and it's similar with like empowerment right like you just need to always feel like really empowered but then someone's like well I'm still figuring it out and I don't feel very empowered it's like that's also a totally cool place to be and I feel like it crosses over if I'm well also that there is a dominant narrative of what empowerment looks like And that the dominant narrative about what empowerment looks like is very reflective of our dominant culture of like, I mean, if you imagine what are the things in the media about empowered sexual beings of women, Mm -hmm. it's like women who are like normatively attractive, Mm -hmm. you know, raised as white, like probably middle class or upper middle class. Like, you know, there's these Mm -hmm. trappings Mm -hmm. that go along with that, that also are just very culturally normative about, you know, sort of you know, not inclusive of a lot of different like subcultural variations of that. Mm -hmm. And are also very able to like articulate in, in, very clear ways exactly what they want sexually and right. how they want it Well, sexually. that sort of communication is like a white supremacy culture thing where, like, you're supposed to be able to be verbal in a certain way and you're supposed to communicate in a way that is very direct and that actually is about whiteness. <laughs> I could riff. Yeah. <laughs> riff, do it. Well, and it's also able-bodied because we don't have any, like, imagery of, like, you know, people with um, different ability statuses who are sexually empowered because there's such a dearth of resources also just in sex therapy around yeah. like talking about some of that so yeah anyway I think the embodiment the empowerment I would agree because I feel like I have a lot of clients that come in and are like I want to be sex positive but I feel shame that I'm not mm-hmm. sex positive or this is why I don't mm-hmm. talk to my friends you know like I feel like sure. it silences people because there's this like expectation that they should be having or even like their expectations of how much sex they're right. supposed to be having and it's, what kind it's that classic or, pendulum story, right? right or an expectation that they're going to want to want to have sex mm, or that yeah. like being power empowered around sex means that you're going to want to have lots right. of it it might mean 
think that you're really empowered uh, ace, you know, or it might mean like, I like sex occasionally, not all that often, but I feel really good about Mm -hmm. it. Like I feel pretty, I feel like I've kind of figured out what that's like for me and and what I want around that, you know? It it feels like the kind of cultural pendulum swing that we get in a lot. Like when I think, and I say sex positivity, like I'm like, I'm totally on board for that idea. I think what I'm not on board is like sort of then a really rigid extremist view about what that means because Mm -hmm. it's like you, you think about like, Going from like shame and sex, shame and sex, and now everyone needs to feel good, right? <laughs> well, and then I think yeah, there's been way. some like really good research mm-hmm. looking in the conceptual like um, definition, like the evolving conceptual mm-hmm. definition, like um, and trying to get because sex positivity, like it can be such a like what does it mean exactly? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, right. We don't, there's right. like you know it's, it's kind of like body positivity that mm-hmm. you know like it's yeah, yeah it's very vague. So I. I I would advocate for continuing to help define it as something yeah. that is inclusive. And I do think like ACE communities have done a good job of like kind of advocating for that. And yeah. I don't know how yes. much it's made it into sex therapy mainstream. I feel like it's mm-hmm. maybe still on the outer edges. But. For for the listener, ACE, does someone want to explain what ACE is? Because not every listener might know what the ACE community is. I think of ACE as being uh, asexual, like can we interchange mm-hmm. those terms, right? Which means like different things for different people. Um, it, some people may never want to be sexual. Lots of people have been sexual, maybe sometimes want to be sexual. Some Sometimes it's around attraction, mm-hmm. right? You know, do you experience sexual attraction or is sex more something that you would do potentially uh, to, you know, if a, if you have a partner who is allosexual, right, which mm-hmm. is, isn't that the term for mm-hmm. not ace, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying. I'm You're getting on my train, right? Um, but I, I, and please everybody chime in because I don't pretend to be the expert at all, but I think this is really different for um, everybody. You kind of have to ask somebody if if they tell you they're ace and if you're in a position where it is right to be asking them sexual questions, right, <laughs> then asking them, well, cool, what does that mean for you? You know, can you tell me more about what that what that means in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think that that's such a that that statement, like, you know, asking them sexual questions, you know, like just I think yep. about like sexual like diversity and well, lots, lots of types of sexual diversity. But like when things aren't maybe necessarily like cisgender, heterosexual, vanilla, then it like creates this odd. There's this odd cultural phenomenon of like, I don't know, perceived permission giving around like, and now let me ask you very intrusive questions yeah, yeah. Right? about your sexual life and your sexual world, which I think sometimes comes from a position of like people genuinely being curious and wanting to understand, but also like maybe a cultural failing of teaching people how to ask those questions sometimes in thoughtful ways. I work yes. with a lot of folks, right, that, like, might come in that have, like, that are maybe sexual or gender diversities, and then people are asking them questions that seem so intrusive. I guess I don't really know. I think that is a cultural problem that we have, the idea that if someone gives you one piece of information about themselves, and perhaps it's a piece of information that you're like, oh, I haven't heard that much about that, or that's, um, you know, that that's different to me, that we have this cultural thing of like going right in and like, well, now I get to know everything about this. You told me one thing, and now I get to ask <laughs> all these questions. Katie's face right well, now. Well, because <laughs> it, obviously this is not what we want to be doing. This is the problem I'm saying, like we have not been socialized to have good boundaries around this and slow down and realize, oh, people might have given me a piece of this I'm not entitled to the whole pie. Let's proceed with caution. And is this something I need to ask about? Or is this that kind of conversation? And if not, maybe I keep it to myself. (laughs) Well, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think that's rampant. I think that's actually a benefit of consent culture. Mm -hmm. And I think as someone who is in like different organizing communities, I see this like modeled in like a lot of like leftists and, um, you know, sort of radical political spaces where people will ask for consent for so many things. So consent is not just about mm-hmm. sex, but it's also about communication. It's about sort of the closeness of our bodies. It's about sort of what kinds of conversations you do or don't want to have. And I think actually the thing that I've noticed from being a part, because that's not the norm in academia at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or even Ooh, like what you, you say, or like some of our family. Uh, 
just I think you can and I mean I just think what you were I'm just agreeing with what you were saying but like oh I we've think, all just experienced that and yeah okay. right 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 and um so I think the more that I've had people ask questions like maybe the first time I'll be like kind of like oh I didn't think about if I could consent to talking more about this or not and then to actually take a moment and be like do I want to and then practicing and this is true for me as a mm-hmm. cis woman who's socialized female and like to presents them in the world like yeah that I have to be like can I okay I can say no you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and embracing the no yeah, yeah. yeah. or yeah. like thank you for asking me if I do want to share more about that actually go google it yeah <laughs> <laughs> actually I feel like google could tell you a lot yeah google could just be discerning about the google site yeah, yeah. That's, sure. that's right that's uh, right you know what I find very interesting is we went all this way from fiber yeah, can real, we do can we do a sum up because I think we all talked <laughs> about anal play and anal sex and we didn't do like the educator thing and I know that this isn't a show to fully go into the educator thing but just real quick sum up right keep us on task keep okay. us on track anal play there's a lot of things you can do if you don't want to run into poop um you can I was about to say you can Google them and then I was like, that's gonna lead people. <laughs> oh no, down let's the path. talk about it. You can do like a, a little like douche of just warm water, right? Like right. a well, little so enema, good... I guess is the better word. Well, for it. yeah, but yeah. no, because if you go to the store and buy, let's say you just buy a fleet enema, it comes with saline. And yeah. that's gonna be a really different experience. Mm-hmm. So like well, this that's is a laxative, tip. right? Yeah. So... so the tip I got from my um more experienced friend, this is just personal knowledge, yeah. was yeah. just like if you buy one of those, like rinse it out, dump it out dump the first thing out (laughs) but you use the bottle use the bottle that it came in and fill it with warm like lukewarm water not cold not too hot warm and then when you like stick it up your butt and you like slowly squeeze it in and then you hold it for a little bit you don't have to do it for like an hour like you're just Mm -hmm. trying to get like sort of that first part of the mm-hmm. you know depending on like how most people you know you're not trying to get too far up there you're not unless you're doing a vigorous double anal fisting session <laughs> in which case you need to be doing lots of your own research and yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not covering it on this show but, but if you're yes. just like light like a butt plug or like a dildo or a penis or you know yeah. like yeah some just, fingers yeah some fingers um yeah just like rinse it until the water runs clear and my and help me out with this. Like my understanding too is like also being conscientious of your 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 internal biome, right? Like, isn't there some stuff with like not overdouching as well? Like you kind of want to be thoughtful about like how frequently and often. I think that's probably true. And and you know, I'm saying the word douche, but I want to be really cognizant that I'm not talking about like go buying some a summer's douche, eve, right? Like some that, yeah. Oh my which, god, which I would not just use warm anywhere. Water, right? Yeah. Right. So it's just a, a word. You can go. Uh, it's like a splash. A yeah. splash of. There's lots. Of, I, I was like, you can go on Amazon, but I don't support Amazon. But <laughs> you can go lots of places and get just like it's like a little rubber, yeah. like little mm-hmm. squeeze bottle like a squeeze thing. Ball. Yeah, and then you need to lube the tip. Yeah, and most high high quality sex shops also have. Yes. Yeah, little like enema little bottles. Support yeah. your yes. local sex toy shop. Yes. yes. Support Jeff yes. Bezos. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So, and you said the crucial thing too, which is lube, right? The anus doesn't lubricate itself, even if you're turned on, it doesn't do that. So you need to use a little bit of lube. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that fiber can do is just clear out, like maybe some like lingering poop or lingering debris 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 and help it all come out so that perhaps you're going to have an easier time with prep or perhaps maybe even for people who are more spontaneous you're gonna know real clearly whether or not there's poop in there right then in the mm-hmm. cavity. In the, mm-hmm. I wanted to say channel. My brain is not working well with words in your tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that this is a good time for a break, given All that right. we. What, what, what are we stopping on Poo Poo Channel? I think so. that we need to return and answer Katie's question about what was it? Sex toy? Oh, oh well, because you were like, you look like you own a business. Yeah, like a, a company. And yeah. I was like, oh, if you were going to make, if you were going to be one sex toy, you could also be the sex toy, I guess. Yes. But if you were going to make Okay, these one. are two very, that's questions. a very barbaric wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We will, and we will be right back. And 
we are back from break, uh, we were briefly talking with Laura about fiber loading, but I don't know that that's... <laughs> we already did, I think, a lot. I think, I think we did our fiber. Everyone's probably gotten their their, their full fill. load of fiber yeah. for this episode. Yeah, that's full load. They're yes. super fair. <laughs> um, rim shot. Uh, so the question is what if we had to own like a sex toy Okay, company? the original question was you were trying to imagine what my company made if I... With my glasses and my outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I I think with the cosplay that I'm doing today, <laughs> I think I'm making a very high-end vibrator. Yeah. 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 Don't I you can think? see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. like targeted, like sort of like a queer femme high-end vibrator. Yeah. With, I just imagine really sleek packaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can Are you see thinking that like you? clitoral? vibrator are you thinking like possibly some like penetration possible like where are you going with this vibrator where where are you going with this (laughs) (laughs) you know maybe both yeah Mm. i probably yeah options yeah i would want it to have options yeah Mm -hmm. i like it yeah so that's my cause i mean i'm not saying that that's what i would do i'm just saying if you're going based off of my outfit and my glasses Mm -hmm. (laughs) well i have an answer I think I I mean I would probably buy your vibrator. That sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. 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 I think for I'd me, make it at an accessible price point. Oh. I know I said high nice. end, but I'd make rich people pay more. <laughs> you do a sliding scale. <laughs> sliding scale vibrator. <laughs> we just came upon something. Yeah. yeah sliding yeah. scale sex toys. That was also a rib shot. Yeah, oh, yeah. Sorry. Anyway, okay, so you bought my vibrator. I would buy your vibrator. You're relaxed. And I'm <laughs> dreaming of my own company, of what sex toy I would make. I'm in my post-vibrator bliss. And I'm going to cheat this question a little bit because it's not exactly a sex toy. I would want to do like a line of like over-the-top lingerie costumes. Ooh. Like my old costume designer come back, uh, right? Laura like some makes really... amazing costumes for <laughs> <laughs> just her skills are pretty solid. Wait, will you make me one? Just like I'll be your prototype. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my what, God, I have what themes should we go with? I'm well, thinking well, so like when you say over the top lingerie. What so do you mean? almost like if we're going like surrealist, sexy. Right like I want to do like a someone who's a nurse and a bunny, right? <laughs> like just combine that. Just like really. Go for it in ways that... Just Donnie Darko in a <laughs> sexy nurse. Just, oh, my God. Make a million Do you know dollars. I was... Wait, I don't... Okay, I don't know if this is for the podcast or not. We'll see how... But we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, I am shaped like Mr. Peanut. And I really am. And I was like, I am Mr. Peanut in you drag. Could, you could go somewhere with that. Yeah. Oh, so when you nice said a bunny... Hat, right, right, like a, yeah. Yes. So, but I'm in drag. Like, a, yeah. A yeah. big hair. Would you still want the top hat? You could. I want the it. top hat on top of my are big we, hair. Are yeah. we? One second though. Are we tapping like Mr. Peanut in the context of sexy lingerie or just full? I'm just trying to riff. Okay, like okay. there's no bad ideas in the brainstorm. And all I know is that I'm shaped like a shelled peanut, not a shelled peanut, a full shell peanut. No, you keep the shell because that brings the allure. They yeah, no, no, that is just my shell. body is a full oh. shell, but I do have Mr. Peanut legs, mom. <laughs> And then we, were, my friends and I have been like, what nut? And everyone's really stumped by what nut they are. So if you have an idea of what nut you are off the top of your head. God, now I'm thinking you know. about it. I feel, I feel kind of walnutty, but I feel that's like that's kind of, one. really? Yeah. In, in some ways it feels, um. The ridges? Yeah, the ridges. Like, <laughs> like as I get older, I'm feeling more it's walnut kind of ridges. Hey, I like that about it. Yeah. It yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I can go with walnut. Anyway, I didn't mean to take us away from the costume design, but I was just like, wait, if you're making me a prototype and I am Mr. Peanut, you would be a sexy Mr. Peanut. You, I think this can carry this. Yeah, yeah. So is that what you when you say over the top, Laura? Mm -hmm. Do you mean like over the top, like uh, like how? How do you see it? Is I like Burning Man level. You would not have to push me very hard to get me to agree to Burning Man level. <laughs> I would be like, yeah, everybody wants that in their bedroom, right? No, but I do. I like the like wacky over the top, like change the size on certain things. Certain accessories are really big or goofy or like or, or the combo, right? Like what would a nurse bunny be like? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I can't articulate it for you. I'd have to make it. A nurse. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what sex choice. I don't really know that like there's a specific thing that I'd be married to, but I've often thought that there should be like a a foot fetish starter kit for couples. That's good. That's you, a great idea. Right? I'm saying that and someone's going to take it. Don't take it. It's mine. Today. Recorded. <laughs> I'm just kidding. TM. Uh, TM. Uh, it's like no. when people used to put their script in an envelope and mail yeah. it to themselves with the post date on it and be like, look, I wrote this first. Yeah, like a but like a couples kit that like, I think of like couples that I've worked with like, and you know, foot fetishes are pretty common. Mm-hmm. Right? And so Girl, like, know. you know, I, huh? <laughs> what did you say? Are they not? Nothing. We were just a, a friend speaking a friend asking for a friend. A friend was saying that just multiple times Tinder matches have been like, send me those toes. <laughs> yeah. Can I see your foot? They're just trying to get foot yeah, pics. I so mean, anyway, but this is for couples who are yeah, trying to like, integrate it into yeah, their integrate, sex life. Like, because it's see, like it's one of those things I think we've made people feel is really uncommon, but I, I would be shocked if it was even a standard deviation from the norm. I really would. It's right. very common. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very common. And so, like, one of the things around, like, integration, like, I think what happens sometimes with in couple dynamics, especially when people are trying to, you know, maybe certain interests, kinks, fetishes, like, if someone's coming in on board with, like, all their stuff and they're like, look, I picked out all these toenail polishes for you and they're, like, too eager, you know, yes. like, sometimes it feels, like, overwhelming yep. versus, like, Let's pick out this kit that has something in it for me. Maybe it's like, ooh, maybe it's like a website where you can go on and build a kit together. Oh, ooh. wow. Yes. yes. This is like, this. You, that company could take off. I, I I'm saying it. So it. I have yeah. recorded yeah. proof that I said it, you know. Actually, all of our businesses would do really well. I think so. I actually think the vibrator market is a little saturated. It is whereas, pretty saturated. Yeah. So I it's should think really a little harder. It's really hard to make money on garments if you're not like, horribly objectifying you children have in a, other countries so I feel like mine's not going to go real no, far I'm but. thinking about the furry <laughs> community and like how long wait lists are for oh, people to that's get true. stuff so like that's I'm true. just saying yeah. yeah I think if you catered to certain communities like you probably you know people yeah. will wait for a handmade garment from yeah. yeah yeah I, I think for sure I now I'm really thinking of Donnie Darko meets I've got like nurse. a now I, I don't want to steal your Mr. Peanut, but I'm kind of like Mr. Peanut, Daddy Warbucks. Like, oh, how do yeah. we combine these? I identify as Northern. <laughs> <laughs> That's on <laughs> I just say maybe your website. Okay, so all of these could be. The, I'm now, okay. Now I have to think of a better one because I'm like we could just combine out after today. We could have a website. With your costume design, your foot fetish starter kit. Well, vibrators are the workhorses of sex toys, though, right? Like, they're really important to lots of people. workhorses of sex toys. I like you that. But, like, wait, if we think about our clients and, like, what would be helpful, you know, what is, what is not filled in the market? This well, that's is- kind of where I'm thinking, right? Like, is because, like, when you when you talk about integration, right? Like that idea of integration, like that's a real struggle. Sometimes integration within self is a real (laughs) struggle, right? Like how do you integrate maybe your desires, your interests, fetishes, whatever they are with like your own values, right? And like how you feel about like morals, values, sometimes religious, spiritual values, sometimes just life values. But like sometimes it's also, it's like someone might be like, well, I've done a lot of work on that. And then there's like a partner involved. <laughs> right. And then you have relational integration. Right. right? And so like. Uh, and the person with of- the feet is like, I don't like pink nail polish, but I could do a nice goth black. Right. You or, know, like you've got to figure out what works here's for the, everybody. Here's a way like I'm feeling like if, if it's someone else's feet and they're going, you know. I could get into this with my feet because that actually is something that appeals to me versus like sometimes I think one of the air and I don't know I'm presuming you two see this all the time as well is like one of the errors that people make is like in their enthusiasm trying to get someone on board coming in too quick too fast with too much yes. right where they're like yes. they're like I bought you this and this and the person's like whoa we haven't even like talked or had dialogues about how you like this or you're interested in, yeah. in it so but that's what so I I was like ooh it's a concrete people love a concrete tool also I think people really benefit from like a roadmap or like an infrastructure to like mm-hmm. prompt some of those conversations that are hard mm-hmm. or the communication and not even like because you can like say like you should talk about it 
but what should you talk about right. and when? Mm-hmm. Kind of like just like the arc. Does that come with the package that Tara's offering? Yeah. Is there like a book? This is a whole the online experience okay. of navigating, oh, oh. like building your own kit. I think then like it's really like a therapeutic tool. Exactly. Ooh. I would, <laughs> I'm going to work. I'm like Ooh. writing Wait, this I set. want in. I'm like, a, yeah. Okay, so what's in it? Like, Nail well, polish, I was, I mean, maybe, or, what are the or maybe this site also has shoes, or maybe, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it probably mm-hmm. depends. Lotions, I think you need to make it cost affordable, like, cost sure. sort of, um, what, what's the word that I want to look like? Um, uh, flexible, right? So, like, you can do simpler kits, or maybe there's more elaborate kits, you know? Oh, I haven't, you know, haven't you, have you ever done, like, the, like, the pros, like, the, shout out to pros, <laughs> the hair care thing, or, like, um. Or done like the stitch fix, like yeah, the like that. Oh. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Where you so like, like I'm a like, price are you into like yeah, fishnets? Are you into mm-hmm. yeah, yeah like I toes? Think, are you I into think hosiery, hosiery, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. nail yeah. polish, because there's lots of different things. Kits, yeah, lotions. Maybe having to rank them. Wow, foot massagers. I think that I could really. I'm really excited about this. This is amazing. And so once you pick those interests, then it takes you to another set of questions. Mm-hmm. You two are on my board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're making me remember the time that I got conned into sending someone pictures of my feet. <laughs> Speaking for a friend, I, that happened to my friend. Well, I was just trying to sell some shoes was the problem. I was oh, like, no, trying I... to put some shoes up on Craigslist. There it and, is. There it and is. And they were okay. like, those are great. What size are they? And I was like, oh, this size. And they were like, can I see can your I see feet? Your yeah. And I was like, is this weird? Well, maybe somewhat. And I took it and I sent it and they were like, Thanks. Nice feet. And I was like, dang it. You should have known that was going to be like that. Why was did I Because you know what? There's not enough feet. feet in the market. <laughs> <laughs> they were a pair of shoes. This was long ago, and I had bought them for a show, and I could conceptualize that it was hard to figure out where the straps went because they had like lots of straps, which of course probably reeled in my foot fetish market anyway, right? It was, they found some strappy shoes. But yeah, I could, I, I was telling myself a story that someone really wanted to buy these shoes and couldn't understand the way the straps went. And that's, that's not yeah. the story it was. Yeah. yeah but I like, say. I like that you gave the person the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. That is very you. I was really this is like mad, but, but here's the thing. Like I kind of pride myself on like, I don't get suckered very often. Mm. I usually have like a pretty good mm. vibe for things. And this was one where I was like, dang it, they got me. <laughs> my friend gets suckered all the time. Really? <laughs> Does your friend like getting suckered? Or is this a- okay, wait. I think what about what if there was something just going? I love this business model of like, because like having an infrastructure, it is like part of it's like a way of making the some of the therapeutic, like the sex therapeutic mm-hmm. process accessible. I was like, what if there was one around poly stuff? Because mm-hmm. I have found that people who are trying to start out often are in maybe different places in their relationship if they're already partnered. Mm-hmm. And then usually, like, one person is way out, you know, way out. Here, read the ethical slut. Yeah, yeah. I've read these seven <laughs> books, and now let's do it next week, you know? And then the other person is like, huh, what? You know, like, and so they're, and then people don't know, like, there's these different ways about being poly. There's all these different boundaries. Side note, real quick for the listener. Many people know what poly is, but just in case you don't, we're talking about polyamory, part of ethical non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy. I've heard, side note, could really, you two, you're here. I've heard people talk about how they don't want it called ethics. Some people are still calling it ethical non-monogamy. Some people, I think, don't really love that term because it suggests that it's unethical. What are you two, what are you two hearing? What's the beat on the street? For a while, I was hearing consensual non-monogamy, right. which was C-N-M, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes I see that, you see that more in the literature and the but research. But now I've been seeing... E-N-M. Yeah, everywhere. The ethical non-monogamy. I see that on, like, more Tinder pages and profiles Mm -hmm. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I've also heard that maybe there's a movement towards calling it polyam to not co-opt Polynesian people, which I am... I am, that's one where I am like struggling to change the words as they come out of my mouth. Instead of saying poly, say polyam. Yeah, because apparently Polynesian people have gone by poly for a long time. And so there's some people that were like, hey, don't steal this community's words. So I don't know. know. Yeah, I was just curious. I was like, is is there pieces around, you know, language is always changing. It's always evolving, right? And so I'm totally curious. Well, because I think consensual and, I mean, consensual, non-consensual, ethical, unethical, uh, you know, 
Yeah. Yeah. They just, I would, so yeah, curious. But anyway, right. that when you're starting to You also could be you. consensual and not ethical. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of <laughs> so ways. So we need to do C-E-N-M. Oh, man. Senum? No, I mean. <laughs> no. This is the problem, right? Is sometimes we just need to talk about what we're talking about. Like, it's good to have a word, but then sometimes we need to just talk more about what we're talking about without relying on a word to convey every single thing about it. I think also, I mean, okay, this is my, this is my thought as an academic and as a therapist. So, like, as a therapist, I think you need to use the language Mm -hmm. that your clients are using. And even if you're introducing new terms for them, like, you know, it's sort of like a collaborative process of like language building. It's relational. Yeah. I think as an academic writing papers, especially in like gender and sexual health, where there is like so much language changing all the time. And there's like in the field, like conversations about trying to find some conceptual, like um, clarity around things. Like, I mean, I think you have to, hold things lightly and like speak the language but I mean it is just going to change and evolve yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know but I I've struggled with that over the years because I think I used to kind of be invested in being on the cutting edge of what the language is but I think thinking of it as an iterative process where like it just mm. keeps growing and changing and like I think because sometimes I think Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like there's like ego attached in getting it right. Yeah. Or like you should have the right language. And it's just like, it's an iterative pro. We can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's okay. Whenever I present, I always tell people, I'm like, and if you watch this in a year, a lot of the language might right, be right. Well, but, I'll sound like a jerk. What a, <laughs> right. And what a beautiful thing that we are constantly moving forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Katie, I was thinking of this earlier when you were talking about sex positivity. And I was thinking about, um, when I was a, a sex toy salesperson, all it was all about sex positivity. That was a really like important movement for me as a person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And the critiques that came out around, hey, it's not positive for everybody, or are we forcing this idea of everybody has to have pleasure all the time? Mm-hmm. Those were also really valuable for me, right? To go, oh, wait, how am I teaching? How am I saying this? Can mm-hmm. I change mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that there's this movement now of like, oh, um, sex positivity, oh, it just misses this and misses that. It's like, I understand. That's good. That's good to say these things. Also, it's because we had that, that we are now moving into something different, right? Mm -hmm. It's because we had people pushing on Mm -hmm. the positivity aspect that really did not feel present to me, at least when I started, I felt like, wow, I live in a really sex negative world Mm -hmm. and we still kind of do. Right. But I do think that has changed. And then that's great. Then the language can change, too. And then we can bring up, okay, here that captures this part of it, but not this important part over here. So I like to think of rightness as a as a temporary state. Right. You just. (laughs) You just got to keep... State, not a trait. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah, like you just got to you gotta get it wrong so you can get it right, but don't get too comfortable and right because, you know, eventually it'll be wrong because context always changes and things, you know, continue to evolve and it's okay to just evolve with it and to your point, right? Yeah. Like not get yeah. too well, stuck. It's very, it's very relevant in like my current sort of conceptual framing, like trying to build out the POPs model as I've been really deep in the literature around sexual pleasure. And I do think pleasure in the world of like sex therapy, sex research, pleasure is the new phrase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead, of, I hear less people saying sex positivity as much as like yeah. centering pleasure, yeah. but then also related to that is like sexual satisfaction and like what are the components of all of that. And I do think that's really relevant to our clients too, because helping them unpack, you know, sort of what they mean when they say that and also expanding the idea of pleasure, you know, because I think people think of pleasure as like maybe orgasm only or mm-hmm. like arousal in a certain way. So, Yeah. Language. Yeah, but you just said one of my favorite things, right? Which is like asking people, what does that mean to them? Mm. Or how are you defining pleasure? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, why did you pick this term and not that term? Because it probably is meaningful to you. I can understand 
better if I understand, you know, the language that's appealing. Well, I think one of the things I was thinking about is like when sometimes in work with clients, some some clients come in knowing exactly the language that they want to use, right? And then some some people come in not knowing and they want right. to, you to give them the language and to your point, right? Like a lot of time I'm like, oh, no, that's not how this works. We collaborate. <laughs> <laughs> right? like, yeah. Yeah. And where you, it's important that you end with language that feels important or meaningful and like that, not just that the language that you use, but that you have a definition that goes along with that, but also we touched the integration, right? That is very integrative with like who you are, your values, like, because in this biz, we're most interested in sustainability, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like what can you, what kind of skill sets can you continue to sustain over time? And so you're not, you're not trying to trap people in. <laughs> Right. In certain ways, but. Right. Yeah. Now we're done. <laughs> We've said everything that can be said about really, words. Really, I know that we we got to wind up soon because this could probably be like a five-hour podcast, but I'm, I am curious because I, I was just clarifying the term and then we went off on a whole other shoot. What did you finish? Oh, you didn't your, finish your, your idea for this polyamory uh, website to help people. Well, yeah, maybe you all can help me build it up because so if you think about like sometimes clients or particularly like couples that come in mm-hmm. and want to like open their relationship or experiment with like something on the buffet mm-hmm. of ethical, consensual, <laughs> non-monogamy <Yes>. polyamory. <laughs> What, you know, I'm just imagining along with the line of this online experience, like having people sort of like click like things that they're interested Mm -hmm. in. Like it would help, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess it's sort of like some of the things that exist in books. Although I don't, I'm so curious. Have you all found, I feel like there's like this part of this book or this part of that book or like the ethical slut works for some people. Oh, yeah. uh, Really not a lot of it, you know, and then like opening up or like, um, more than two or like poly everyone's reading poly, poly secure, secure right now yeah, yeah yeah but so different things work for different people and I'm just thinking like what is like a very accessible thing to help people because I think they read the books and then they they don't I have mean, structure really yeah. like right and they Remember- don't anticipate all the like things that are going to come up so it's just I said this the other day I wonder if you agree I was like I think anybody who starts poly it's going to be wonky yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just mm-hmm. for like, mm-hmm. you just have to expect that that's going to be part of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I think yeah. people also think that we're like, we're going to do it. It's going to be fine. I think that because of that, like any, like if we were building a site, right? Like in my mind, it's like one of those choose your own adventure books where you like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like, pick the path, right? Where does this one then take you, right? Like it's sort of almost like that stacking of like experiences, but we can flesh it out later <laughs> like what that what that could look like because to your point right I literally just had a conversation like this with someone not that long ago which was around sort of this idea that like you know you in kind of ethical non-monogamous poly sort of relational structures I think when you when you read books like you you go in sometimes uh although I will say opening up by Tristan Termino is helpful I think that. that one has the best checklist yeah. and talks about what the because it things. talks a real variety it gives right. people yeah. language too you yeah. can go through the chapters and go I feel like I identified most with this chapter and this chapter so maybe those are some right. labels right. that might fit me well here. and the concrete thing because I think you and I were talking about this recently about like intimacy mm-hmm. and like so if you if we're like we're just going to be open and then like the way that people relate to intimacy and cultivate emotional intimacy and how that impacts their relationships and if you're just like you know everyone relates to that differently and if yeah. you don't know that going in but like how to have some conversations yeah. about it yeah. and have some of the self-awareness about that right yeah so like when I have people look at the books although an opening up I do think is a better version of that one of the things that I'll like talk to people about is like look at these books but also like start setting some expectations that like you don't know what you're gonna get you don't know how you're gonna feel you don't like you know what I mean you don't know how you're gonna respond and how you think you begin is maybe and if I'm being honest often not where people ends like yeah. the ways in which you think you can flex might be much more expansive they might be much more limited and like so like I feel like a lot of work is just like prepping people for a realistic expectation of mm-hmm. like you kind of just have to take the journey yeah. <laughs> let the journey be yeah. the journey without investment in particular outcome mm-hmm. and develop really good skills for like communication and yeah. boundary Wait, setting. Does this not blah, blah, blah. exist like a poly like 
I, I don't know if that's a pol- I've seen like the there's some Polyam. apps. There's a, there's some apps that I think Ooh. help you sort of maybe communicate oh. some of those things, but <laughs> I don't know. His face I, is unimpressed. My face is <laughs> is going, "Oh shoot, I have to understand apps now." That's what that face was was like, "Oh, there's probably quality things that I'm missing." I think I'm I not- saw something. I don't know if you can get that kind of level of stuff no. that we're talking about from an app. You know, I was But just- what you were just saying is like, "Oh, it would be so useful for people to have like an online community." You know, mm-hmm. to like talk to other people about it. Cause I think, yeah, like sometimes like munches, but on, but right. Well, I think because there are more sort of like normatively culture identified, maybe like straight cis people like getting into exploring ethical, you know, then they feel sort of like it's like they feel isolated in some ways about how to talk about this with other people because mm-hmm. it's not within sort of the normal frame of like expected relationship things, you know, mm-hmm. so. I was like, oh, an online community would be very helpful. Yeah. $9.99 a month. <laughs> no, and we're not trying to monetize everything. They're going to buy three vibrators <laughs> for all their partners on a sliding scale feed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. A sliding scale vibrator. No, no, no. I feel no. like it's over, we need a different toy. You need a different toy now? Yeah. Are you going back on your original? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why I started coming up with the Poly website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. I mean, look, I maybe you could do both. You could do both. Maybe none of us is going to be totally summed up by just one sex toy. Maybe we are bigger. <laughs> we as contain people. multitudes. Yeah, multitudes of sex toys. We, yeah. we are going to end on we contain multiple <laughs> multitudes of sex toys. I think that that's where where we end today. <laughs> Dr. Spencer, it was so great to it have you so on. It was so good to have you on. We're going to have pleasure. you on again. We're going to have you. We're going to have you again. Absolutely. If we can talk. Truly a pleasure. Amazing. <laughs> well, thank you so much everyone for joining us. Um, I am Tara Jansen. I'm Laura Rademacher. This was I'm Katie Spencer. You, yeah, say it with bold boldness. <clears throat> I'm Katie Spencer. Oh yeah, Ooh, that was good. I felt that. <laughs> Oh yeah, you should put your you should put your glasses back on for. Thank you so much for joining uh, Sex Therapist Shoot the Shit, uh, brought to you by the University of Pleasure.